Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Scarlet King. Extraterrestrial and extra-dimensional threats border on the commonplace in the SCP universe. And the SCP Foundation spends a great amount of time, effort, and resources containing, or at least preventing, these threats from wiping out our existence. There are entities within the SCP universe that we would liken to gods, some of them contained by the Foundation and some of them not. But one of the most mysterious and potentially world-threatening is the Scarlet King. The Scarlet King is one of the older concepts on the SCP wiki, but is one largely wrapped up in an air of mystery, with hints of his true nature spread across the site. Due to the lack of canon within the SCP universe, ultimately the Scarlet King is whatever you believe him to be, but I'll go over some of the myths and perspectives related to this eldritch figure. To begin with, we have to go back to where it started, with SCP-231. On the surface, SCP-231 is a young girl, designated 231-7, who is pregnant with some sort of entity. Her and six other young girls were found in a police raid on an organization that called itself the Children of the Scarlet King. Each of the girls were pregnant, and 24 hours after the raid, one of the girls went into labor, giving birth to something unknown, which caused hundreds of casualties. The Foundation took over, containing the other six girls, but despite their best efforts, each of them expelled increasingly dangerous and horrific entities, the girls dying in the process. Now, only SCP-231-7 remains, and it's the Foundation's belief that if she ever gives birth to whatever's inside of her, it would result in the end of the world. Thus, they instituted daily administrations of Procedure 110 Montauk, believed to be one of the most horrific and cruel processes the Foundation has ever concocted. What it actually is is largely a complete mystery, but there are some clues in the documentation. The procedure is performed only by D-Class personnel, but specifically non-violent criminals to avoid any of them accidentally killing 231-7. The girl has to be awake and aware of the procedure, and other personnel assigned to the project are routinely swapped out due to the psychological stress, with many of them given memory-wiping amnestics to forget what they've witnessed. Additionally, 231-7's memory is also routinely wiped in order to prevent her from becoming accustomed to the procedure, as it seems it must be continually horrifying in order to prevent labor. A great amount of discussion has gone on about Procedure 110 Montauk, but ultimately it's left up to your darkest imagination. A popular tale, Fear Alone, describes a researcher newly transferred to SCP-231 and discovers that Procedure 110 Montauk is not some brutal action afflicted on a child, but is instead a D-class reading a bedtime story to a young girl. 
The researcher is perplexed, but another doctor reveals that they had carried out horrible actions on the other girls, but it ultimately failed. They instead realized that more important than doing the actions was people believing the actions were being done. The old gods, in this case the Scarlet King, cannot see our reality the same way that we can, so they cannot witness the actions done to SCP-231. But the Scarlet King can sense fear. If enough people believe that Procedure 110 Montauk is some monstrous crime done to a child, the fear carried by those people will satiate the Scarlet King. Again, there's no canon, so you can accept this perspective or not. Another tale, New Job, gives a slightly different perspective on 231 and their offspring. This tale describes how, when the Foundation first secured the pregnant girls, they also recovered some notebooks written by the priests of the cult of the Scarlet King. These writings made it clear that if all seven girls gave birth, some sort of apocalypse would occur, presumably involving the Scarlet King. Additionally, the writings also contained detailed instructions on how to carry out Procedure 110 Montauk, which is the only way to prevent a birth. The Foundation found this suspiciously convenient, as a cult hell-bent on bringing about this apocalypse would have no reason to possess a ritual to prevent it. Further research on the Foundation's part led them to believe that these girls were connected to the Seven Brides of the Scarlet King, and that the seventh girl was not like the rest. Rather than giving birth to monsters like the other brides, the seventh gave birth to heroes opposed to the king. The O5 Council ultimately decided to accept this belief, and allowed SCP-231-7 to give birth. The result was SCP-999. SCP-999 can generally be considered one of the nicest and most benevolent of these sentient SCPs, an amorphous mass of gelatinous slime that playfully bounces around to give hugs to people, especially those that are unhappy or hurt. Contact with SCP-999 causes an immediate euphoria capable of curing even the most crippling depression, and SCP-999 will also risk itself to protect or rescue others. The tale explains that SCP-999 is the only entity capable of overthrowing the Scarlet King, although it is currently only a child and will need time to grow to its full strength. The myth of Procedure 110 Montauk is perpetuated in order to fool the cult of the Scarlet King into thinking the Foundation is playing into their hands. But eventually, a battle will commence between 999 and the Scarlet King. If you believe this tale, at least. But these SCPs and tales don't really give us a good idea of what the Scarlet King is. For a decent perspective, we can look at the tale titled Dust and Blood. The story speaks of the earliest times when the Elder Gods were first formed out of the darkness. One of these was named Karak, and he differed from the others by being cursed with awareness of his existence, and existence was pain. Angered by this awareness of pain, Karak decided that it would be better if he didn't exist, and more so if nothing existed. Karak began feeding on the other gods growing greater and stronger as he consumed them, but so did his pain and hate grow stronger as well. In time, Karak consumed or subjugated all the Elder Gods that didn't flee from him, 
and he became king of the darkness below. The area beyond his kingdom, the worlds of creation, went to war with Karak and his servants, which still continues to this day. Karak took a wife, becoming known as the Scarlet King in the process, and had seven daughters with her. These seven daughters became his seven brides, and he placed seven seals on them so that they would never die. These brides had children of their own, monstrous creations that served the Scarlet King. The tale implies that SCP-682, one of the most dangerous and fearsome entities held by the Foundation, is a child of the fourth bride. Differing from the rest, however, the seventh bride was not utterly broken by the Scarlet King, and instead gave birth to heroes that walked on two legs and fought to overthrow the Scarlet King. Ultimately, however, the Scarlet King and his servants have continued their conquests, defeating any challengers, and will presumably one day destroy all of creation. When We Came Home, written by the same author as Dust and Blood, tells of the final battle against the Scarlet King, when seven warriors carrying seven sacred spears managed to kill the king and cast his body back into the abyss, restoring creation in the process. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention SCP-2317, an entity that many perceive to be at the very least related to the Scarlet King. The author of the skip, Dr. Clef, has said that it was not written to be related to the Scarlet King, merely reminiscent of it and SCP-231, but it's open enough for people to choose to believe what they wish. SCP-2317 is a massive, primeval entity located in an alternate universe and known to be a devourer of worlds. This entity was a grave threat and was finally captured by an order of mystics who crafted seven chains from the bones and sinews of the devourer's seventh bride. Six of these chains are currently broken, with the seventh likely to break within the next few decades. The Foundation has no means of fixing the chains, and no means of preventing the Devourer from entering our world once freed. A fake ritual was created by the Foundation leadership in order to suppress fears that they cannot contain the entity. This ritual incorporates various religious elements as well as phrases related to the Scarlet King. As this ritual is fabricated, there's no real evidence that 2317 has any connection to the Scarlet King, but a popular theory connects the seven chains to the seven girls from SCP-231, and when the seventh girl gives birth, the final chain will be broken. Finally, there is Tufto's proposal for SCP-001, titled The Scarlet King. The proposal describes the king as a largely unknown entity that exists in a number of dimensions simultaneously, but for whatever reason is unable to enter the prime dimension, that is, our dimension. The Foundation believes that the Scarlet King has been attempting to break into our dimension for hundreds of years, and if it ever succeeds, will cause a drastic alteration of reality or eradication of human life. Despite this threat, however, the Scarlet King is given the object class of safe, and the description states that containment is unnecessary. The reason for this, of course, forms the bulk of the proposal, and is a bit more complicated than an average skip. The proposal also mentions SCP-2317, and that high-ranking personnel are to be informed that it is, in fact, the Scarlet King, 
although the truth of that statement is unknown and likely dubious. The remainder of the proposal consists of a large number of lengthy documents and interviews, and I won't take up time going through them individually. To summarize, the proposal is focused around Dr. Robert Montauk, the project lead on SCP-231, 231-7, and the Scarlet King. Montauk has been working on studying the Scarlet King for decades, and has come no closer to truly understanding what it is. Montauk begins interviewing the leader of the cult that the SCP-231 girls come from, who turns out to be a fairly cryptic individual. One notable thing he mentions, however, is that there are three laws which must be understood in order to understand the Scarlet King. The Law of Blood, the Law of Concrete, and the Law of Howling. The Law of Blood was enacted by the Scarlet King, and it represents his rule, filled with hatred, cruelty, and an iron will. It is the old way of things, armies of slaves, blood rites, and chaos amidst order. The Law of Concrete is the inverse, modern civilization, where everything must be studied and understood so that it can be described, categorized, and filed away. The Law of Howling is the tension and clashing between these two opposites, and it is here that the Scarlet King takes form. The Scarlet King is ultimately an idea, but the tension between the pre-modern and the modern, the difference between the accepted and the understood, is what allows him to exist. Perhaps most interestingly is that the SCP Foundation itself is what caused this to happen, as the Foundation's drive to understand and categorize everything, in this case the Scarlet King, created the tension between what was previously just accepted, and so they created the Scarlet King. If SCP-231-7 gave birth, it would allow the Scarlet King to enter our dimension, and so Procedure 110 Montauk exists. Interestingly, the specifics of the procedure don't actually matter, so much as the fact that the procedure was created not out of scientific understanding, but out of hate and rage from Dr. Montauk. Dr. Montauk believed that the Scarlet King had taken his brother from him, and so he devised the procedure specifically to hurt the King, and that's why it works, because it follows the Law of Blood and not the Law of Concrete. The lessening of tension between the two prevents 231-7 from giving birth, and so the SCP Foundation has decided to change the classification of the Scarlet King to safe, and attempt to not worry as much about understanding and classifying the entity. In a twist on standard operating procedures, not understanding this anomaly is actually safer than understanding it. Ultimately, however, Dr. Montauk leaves the Foundation and joins the cult of the Scarlet King, as he saw the Foundation as a group of hollow men lacking a path, and he would rather take the wrong path than no path at all. If this proposal sounds complicated, that's because, well, it is, and it's likely I've misinterpreted some part of it, so I suggest reading it for yourself. So, none of this really explains what the Scarlet King looks like, or how he'll devour our world or dimension, but that's part of the point. The mystery and ambiguity of a terrible, godlike entity goes back to Lovecraft's Cthulhu mythos, and the Scarlet King is no different. 
Whether you think the Scarlet King is a human-like crimson entity, a massive whale, or something less tangible like an idea, the point remains that the Scarlet King is something deeply opposed to our current existence.